Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Good morning, church. It's so great to be with you today because today is Back to School Sunday. Come on. So today we're going to be celebrating and encouraging all of our students in primary school, secondary school, university, and also all of you that work in education as well. But don't worry if that is not relevant to you because today is still relevant for you because today we're speaking about you and your influence you and your influence. Now, I got to thinking, where is it that we have influence? What groups do we find ourselves in where we have influence? For the purpose of today, influence can be defined as the ability to have an effect on someone. Who is it that you already have an influence on? And who is it that maybe in the future you might possibly have an influence on? It could be your family, could be your friendship group, could be your work colleagues, it could be people that live in your household. Who is it that you have an influence on? Now, we had the privilege, my husband and I, of going on holiday this summer. We went to Koz in Greece a couple of weeks ago, and we absolutely loved it there. It was quite hot, um, over 30 degrees. There was one morning we woke up, and honestly, it was about 9 a.m., and it was 28 degrees already, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to cope with the rest of the day, (laughs) but it was was great. It was a great holiday. Now, I must confess that um, we didn't do loads and loads of day trips. We wanted to do just a lot of resting on the holiday, but there was one particular day where we wanted to visit the nearest town that was called Cardamania. Now, on the way there, we were able to get a taxi because the receptionist was able to book the taxi for us. The problem was is that it was the hotel policy that they were not able to book your taxi back to the hotel, so they were able to get you stranded in the middle of a town, but they weren't able to get you back again. So we got the taxi number. We thought, oh, that'll be fine. You know, we can do this. We can phone most people in these companies. Someone can speak English, so we should be okay. Um, We were not okay. It turned out that the taxi company, um, as much as we had been warned that were unreliable, they didn't even pick up the phone. That was the level of reliability that we were working with here several times for 10 minutes we could not get hold of the taxi company so we just went to the taxi station where we'd been dropped off naturally thinking that someone else is going to come along eventually get dropped off and we can just get on their taxi not the case for 20 minutes we waited for this taxi that never came and we got to this point where we were thinking well it's going to get dark soon and um, if we don't kind of make a decision now that we're going to walk back then we won't want to walk back and we don't know how long we're going to be here for so we decided to google maps it and it was a 30 minute walk back to the hotel so we thought right we've got this this is doable so we did the 30 minute walk back to the hotel but I've got to tell you I was actually really happy that it was like really quite a bit later in the evening so I was thinking I would not have wanted to do this in the middle of the day because it was a quite a tiring journey just in the evening, let alone in the middle of the day. Now, we actually read a story of a similar context when it comes to John chapter 4, and that's the story that we're going to be journeying through together today. John chapter 4, verse 1 to 42. 
And now this story is all about a woman who finds herself at a well, and she intentionally goes to the well. You may have heard the story before. At a time of day that was cooler, that was warmer, sorry, because she didn't want anyone else to be there because everybody else was a bit like me and they were trying to avoid the really hot times of day and they were trying to walk only when it was cooler. And you can see here, we've got a nice looking well and this is kind of the scene that we are setting for today. Now, the reason there is a picture of me with a well is because I happened to find this well on my journey in Greece, believe it or not, at that really cool time of day. So as I was walking, I was thinking of John chapter four, and then I just spotted this well, so naturally had to get a photo, so there we go. But the well that we're speaking about today was actually usable. You know, this one, thankfully, I could buy bottled water. I didn't have to go and get the water for myself. I could just go to the hotel and just grab a glass and go as I went along. But the thing for this lady is that she had very, very limited options of when she could go to the well. You see, the well was a bit like the district line at peak times. That's what it would have been like. That's what I'm picturing. That's the visual that I've got right here. It wasn't like a quiet well like we've got in the picture. It was all these people hustling and bustling, queuing up, getting ready to get some water from the well during the day. But this lady did not want to go at the time of day that everybody else went there. The thing is, when I think of the well, I think of a place where many people would have been gossiping and talking because everybody went there every single day to go and get the water that they needed. And I wonder if in the situations that you find yourself in, in your workplace or in your home, in the day-to-day doings that you have. I wonder what it is that your culture is that you find yourself in. I wonder if it's a bit like maybe some of these negative cultures that we picture that may have happened around the world. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19 says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I wonder what the culture is like in your day-to-day life. I wonder if maybe some of these things are found there, and maybe there's some cultures just like around the world that there would have been that need to be eradicated. Because I think every single one of us would agree that there's some cultures that we have that perhaps are not so positive. Now, the woman at the well, we read about her story coming here, and she intentionally was avoiding the times of day when everyone else would have been there. John chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, describes the beginning of this story where Jesus was making his way to the well. It says, so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sikir. Now near a plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Now we've got a picture of the map here of what it would have looked like at the time when Jesus was making this journey. And you can see it's really obvious that if you were going to go from Judea to Galilee, that you would go through Samaria. But at the time, that was not an obvious thing. You see, there were many Jewish people that lived in Judea, and there were many Jewish people that lived in Galilee. But people that were Jewish tried to avoid 
Samaria. So much to the point they would go the long way round just to avoid bumping in to any Samaritans. So in this verse, we read that Jesus had to go through Samaria, but many Jewish people would not have thought that they had to go through that way. Most Jewish people would have gone round the other way. But for Jesus, there was one particular reason on this one particular day why he had to go this way. John chapter 4, verse 6 to 9, says that Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And this is the context that we have of today's story. We have this one woman with this one man, Jesus, at this one well, on this one absolutely life-changing day. All because of the influence that Jesus had on this woman. But we're going to read in this story that it's not just about Jesus' influence on the woman. It's actually about the woman's influence that she had on everybody else as well. I love the fact that this place at the well where the woman would have experienced gossip and judgment, on this one particular day, she found acceptance. I love the fact that this place at the well was a place where the woman would actually go in intentionally to be alone. She intentionally thought that she's gonna be here and probably feel lonely. But on this one particular day, she found friendship with Jesus. When I think about this story, I think about how much this woman was willing to do in order to be away from everybody else. And I wonder on that day, if as this woman was making her way to the well, that in the distance she could see that there was this random Jewish guy sitting there, and she maybe thought, well, maybe I'll go the other way and come back tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to go because someone is sitting there. But as we go through this story today, you'll realize that this was a life transforming day and that she must have been so happy that she never turned around and went the other way. There's a few things that we can learn here today because one is that the woman was important and Jesus had so many ways of showing this woman how valuable and important she was. First of all, we see in verse verse six, sorry, of chapter four, that Jesus sat down. It says, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. You know, every single day, we are in a rush. We're always going somewhere. You go past people on the street and they're in a rush, they're going somewhere. You talk to people in the office and they're in a rush to get the conversation done so they can continue what they're doing. Everybody's in a rush and always on the go. But Jesus took the time to sit down. I wonder if there's some moments in our day-to-day life that we need to just sit down and show people how important they are. Secondly, Jesus asked a question. Verse seven, we read that when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, Jesus does this very often where he uses kind of like these icebreaker questions to get the conversation going. And I know Jesus was a human and he probably really did need a drink, but he started the conversation with a question. And I wonder if some of the conversations that we have are very me-focused and not so much you-focused. And maybe there's some conversations that we need to kind of think back to and think, well, how could I have focused more on the other person? How could I have shown that person some importance? and value. Maybe you can just start by asking a question. 
And thirdly, Jesus says something hopeful. Verse 13 says that Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Now, sometimes people can tell us about their difficult situations, about the painful things they're going through. And the truth is, we don't really know what to say. And sometimes I wonder in those conversations if we make it actually worse rather than better by some of the things that we say. But Jesus chose in that moment to bring hope to this lady. And I wonder maybe if there's some conversations that we have that we need to think about how we can bring hope into the conversation. And it's not necessarily that you ask a question and as soon as someone says, oh, this is really difficult, that you just jump in and then you just interrupt and you say something. Maybe it's listening, taking the time to sit, ask a question, and then after they've said what it is that they're saying, maybe try and think of something positive or hopeful that you could share in that situation. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, sometimes when you're the one that is going through the difficult or the painful scenario, it's really hard to see beyond what you see. It's really hard to see into the unseen. So sometimes you need somebody else to get alongside us and help us to see what it is that we don't see. And the woman at the well, I wonder if that day all she could see was her day-to-day, average, ordinary life and wonder if it was ever going to get any better. And she couldn't really see past that day-to-day life. And she needed Jesus to come alongside her, to sit next to her, to ask her a question, to bring hope and to help her to see what it is that she could not see. You see, this woman, she never would have seen herself as a hero. She never would have even thought about the fact that someone would come and be her hero, let alone that she could be the hero to somebody else. But in this story, we read not only is Jesus coming in and telling her you're important and being her hero that she needed, but he actually empowers her to go out and be the hero for the other people in her town. Do you realize that you are important? That the place that God has put you in is for a reason and that you are significant and valuable and important there? And then once you realize that you are important, do you realize that the other people around you also need to know that? They also need to know that they are people of importance. How is it that we can show people value and show them how important they are? The first part of the story in John chapter 4 is all about Jesus and his influence on the woman. But then we move into this idea that the woman can actually have a positive influence on everybody else. John chapter 4 verse 28 to 30 says, Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. This woman who had intentionally avoided going to the well where everyone else was, was suddenly running back to the town and intentionally going to the place where everyone was so that she could tell them to come back to the well. I think if Jesus had been the one to walk through and say, oh, hi, everyone, could I be the Messiah? Probably a lot of people would have ignored him because they'll be thinking, well, I don't know you. But because the woman who they knew was the one going to the town and saying, could this man be the Messiah? (laughs) 
they listened because they knew the woman's history. They knew her story. And if you've read the story before, you'll know that not everybody agreed with the way that she was living. She had had five husbands. She was living with someone that wasn't her husband. And Jesus knew all this, and he thought she was really important. But some of the people around her had some negative views about the way that she was living. And they knew her history. They knew that she was usually avoiding everybody. They probably gossiped about her, but she just couldn't hear it. (laughs) But because it was her, because it was somebody they knew, because it was someone from their town, they chose to listen. She had influence on them because of the position that she was in. Nobody else is in your position in your home. Nobody else is in your position in your workplace or in your school or your college or your university. Nobody else has the position of influence that you have over the people that you have it. You are the only one that God has placed to be you right now, right here. And for this woman, she was at the well on what seemed like this average, ordinary day. And she was really just this average, ordinary woman. But Jesus thought that she was really important. And not only was she important, but Jesus thought she was inspirational. He realized that she was someone that could be inspiring to everybody else in the town around her. I wonder if you think that you could be someone that is inspiring. Maybe the well is something that is representative of what you avoid. Maybe there's a person that you normally avoid. Maybe there's a situation you've been avoiding. Maybe the well represents something that you can actually really relate to today. But for the woman, if she had avoided going to the well and she had avoided seeing Jesus that day, she would have missed out not only for the inspiration that Jesus was ready to give her, but she would have missed out on being that inspiration to everybody else. Let's not avoid the people and the places that God wants us to be near. I wonder if after that day that the woman had called all the people to come to the well to meet Jesus, whether she actually went back to the well the next day at the time when everyone else went there. I wonder if that was the life-changing moment for her. I wonder if that was the moment when she realized, oh, I actually should spend time with people. Oh, maybe people are not so bad. Maybe I am someone that can inspire them, but you can only be inspirational if you're with them. (laughs) You can't inspire them by staying at the well where you met Jesus and letting them stay in the town over there. You have to actually go back to the people and then say, look, come and meet the man that told me everything that I ever did. I wonder if you met Jesus, what kind of questions you would ask him. Have you got a question for Jesus? Most people would absolutely love to ask Jesus a question. You know, in the historical context of the time, the main issue that the Samaritans and the Jewish people had was they didn't know where they were meant to be worshipping God. They all thought that they were meant to be worshipping God in different places. John 4 verse 20, the woman says to Jesus, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she's basically asking Jesus, what's the right answer then? Who's right? Is it the Samaritans? Is it the Jews? where, Where should we worship? What's the right answer? And Jesus kind of flips the question like he so often does. And he explains to the woman, it's not about where you worship, that's the issue. It's about how you are worshiping. It's not about knowing the best place to go. It's not about whether you go to the temple and worship or you climb up the mountain and worship. 
It's about what your heart is like while you're worshipping. You see, Jesus wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. He doesn't tell us where we should go to worship, but he tells us how we should be worshipping. Messiah means the anointed one. And the woman goes out to the town and she tells everyone, could this be the Messiah? Just like Jesus had asked her a question to start her thinking process, she asked everyone else a question to start their thinking process. And she said, could this be the Messiah? That was how she inspired their hearts. It wasn't, come and meet the Messiah. Come on, come and meet the Messiah. It was, come and meet this man. This is my testimony. This is what happened to me. Could he be the Messiah? John chapter four, verse 28, actually explains that it wasn't just Jesus that influenced the woman to go from the well to the town to go and get everyone to come back again. Actually, his disciples had a role in this as well. It says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, could this be the Messiah? It wasn't actually straight after her conversation with Jesus that she ran back to the town to get everyone. It was actually after the disciples were not judging her that she went back to the town to get everyone because she saw that not only was Jesus showing her importance, not only was Jesus proving that she was a woman of value, but even the people that followed Jesus we're showing her the same thing. And sometimes as people that follow Jesus, if we're really Jesus followers, if we know that Jesus is the Messiah, if we really know that he's the chosen one, he's the anointed one, then maybe we should try and be acting in the way that he would be proud of. We should try displaying love in the way that Jesus would display love. It was only after Jesus' followers showed her that she was a woman of value, that she went to go and tell everyone that they needed to come and meet this guy. Maybe that's the kind of influence that we need to be having on the people that are around us. Are we being people that inspire those around us? Are we being people that show people that they are of significant value? This is what Jesus did for the woman, and then that's what the woman did for everybody else. How is it that we can kind of follow in those footsteps? Thirdly, it says that the woman was influential. <laughs> it says in John chapter four, verse 39 to 42, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed with them for two days and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the saviour of the world. Jesus thinks that you are important. Jesus thinks that you are inspiring and Jesus thinks well, he knows that you are influential. If it wasn't for the women going to the town to get the people to come and meet Jesus, they probably wouldn't have met him. The woman could have just hidden like she had been so used to doing. She could have just thought, okay, well, that's great. Now I've met the Messiah. Now I know the one who can give me eternal life. Now I know who the Savior is and I'm saved. That's great. And she could have just left it at the well. But Jesus doesn't want us to just stay at the well. 
It's great that we're brave enough to get there and meet with him in the first place, but he doesn't want us to stay there. Jesus wants us to be people that worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants us to be people that go to the town and use our position and our influence to influence others. Not just relying on what it is that we are going through to think, okay, well, maybe people might notice a bit of a change if I just go back and keep my mouth closed and don't really say anything. But actually, sometimes really being intentional about what it is that we say, or in the disciples' case, things that they didn't say, <laughs> they didn't judge her, they didn't use words of gossip that everyone else might have been using. The woman at the well was important. She was inspiring. She was influential. And today, you're the same. Today, you can also make that decision to do those things and be those things that Jesus wants us to be. John chapter four, verse 13 to 15 says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a well of water springing up into eternal life. The woman was asked by Jesus for a drink, but she should have been the one asking him for a drink. And maybe there's some people here today that just need a bit of that life-giving water from Jesus. Maybe there's some of us here today that need to just say those words. Because Jesus said, if you know the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the life-giving water. Jesus is saying that you just need to ask and he will give it to you. So today, I really wanna pray for every single one of us in the positions that we find ourselves in, whatever influence that we have already and whatever influence God is gonna grow us to have. I'm gonna pray that he's gonna help us to be people that use it wisely and for his glory. And then in a moment, we're gonna get some of our young people and our students come up and they're gonna pray specifically over those that are going back to school and back into education this week. So let me just pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we wanna thank you so much that you fill us with your life-giving water. We thank you so much that you have made us people that are important and you've shown us our value. We thank you so much that you've made us people that are inspiring and then you've inspired our hearts to then go off and inspire those that we spend our average, ordinary days with. We thank you that even in the mundane that you've made us people that have influence. And I pray that no matter what environments we're going back into, whether that's today or this coming week, that you're gonna help us to be people that use our influence wisely and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.